Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Best Self Podcast. So I'm going straight in. Uh, we are going to do a, our usual, um, I say our usual, we've done this for a couple of weeks, but I really like this format and I think um, getting really good feedback about it. So we're just going to keep going with it. But I'm going to go through check-ins this week, which were amazing. Like, honestly, love doing check-ins and thank you to everybody for pushing them back a little bit. Um, it meant that I had a lovely anniversary weekend, um, totally chilled, got to full night's sleep, like almost 12 hours on Saturday night, which I don't, I could not tell you the last time I got 12 hours sleep, like literally could not. Um, so yeah, it was amazing and it was just so nice to go and just to switch off and do absolutely nothing. Like I did get that kind of jittery way. I'm not used to doing nothing, so there was a little bit on like Saturday morning where I was like, I feel, it was just such a weird feeling, I was like, I don't like this, I need to be doing something, but I was like, no, I need to push through this, I need to actually like learn to not do anything and just to sit and I read like, I finished my book, so I had half a book left, finished it, like I had a nap, it was just amazing, there was a hot tub, we were in the hot tub, oh honestly it was just so dreamy, so thank you so much to everybody, Um, and check-ins this week have, like I said, they've been really, really good, we've had some awesome wins, Um, we've had a few struggles which I think are very relatable, Um, and we have got uh, some an, an awesome, awesome question as well. So I'm just going to get cracking with these. So let's start with the wins. First one is, I feel like I've been super disciplined despite the challenges. Last week I was having such a struggle with hormones and feeling so bloated and hormonal. I feel like I was doing everything and seeing no results, but I'm so proud of how I pushed through and was patient. Like, oh my God, this is just like amazing. And it's so, it's good to highlight that every week is not going to feel great. Like you are going to have some weeks, particularly around about your cycle, um, that you are going to feel like you are doing everything right and nothing is happening. And the worst thing you can do is let that get in your head and let that think that nothing is happening and not showing up and not doing the things that you need to do, like your non-negotiable habits, not doing these day in, day out. And, um, and, because all that's going to happen then is you're not going to get the results. Like if you don't, it's very hard to say trust the process, but I think this person is proof that when you trust the process, the results will come. But you do, there is going to be like a week or two where you're going to be like, what am I doing wrong? And the reality is you're not doing anything wrong. It just might be like the scales aren't shifting because of water retention. Like it just might be that there is a couple of weeks where things plateau for no apparent reason, but you have to focus on um, like the process and the non-negotiables uh, for the outcome to come further on. And that's a difficult place to be, but this person is proof that if you do that, like the results will come. Um, and just showing up, ticking up, like just showing up every single day, being consistent with it, ticking off your non-negotiables, like even when you don't feel like it, like, and even when you feel like you're not getting anywhere, like, it's so important just to push through this phase um, and, yeah, trust the process. So let this person's check-in and let their win be proof that if you do do this and you do show up and you are consistent, like, the results will come down the line. 
Uh, next one, made good food. Oh my gosh, so, sometimes I really, I really struggle to speak. Or maybe just reading things. I feel like I got a lot, I've getting a lot better at that because I read stories every single night, but sometimes I just have like bad days and maybe this is going to be one of those days. So apologies in advance. Um, I made good food choices even when I was on the holidays and hit the minimum of 8k steps every single day. And this is absolutely amazing to be able to do this like whilst you're away on holiday. Um, and this person was um, at Centre Parks and Centre Parks actually have all the calories on the menu. And having that really helped her make informed choices. And it's very interesting. I'm going to speak about this a little bit later because it was that the comment about having calories in the menu came up in another check-in as well. So I'm going to have a little discussion about that um, later. But it's I think that's why tracking calories or even having an awareness of calories is very, very important because there's a lot of foods that you are potentially eating right now that you don't realise are so high in calories or maybe the portion sizes that you're having are three times the recommended portion size but you're not aware of that so if you're not tracking calories or weighing and measuring food like you obviously don't have to do this but sometimes having the awareness and even doing this for a couple of weeks um just to get some structure just to see what the portion sizes for you and for your calorie deficit should look like can be beneficial like you don't have to be um you don't have to track calories like forever nobody should but even just doing it for a few weeks and getting that structure, getting that routine um, and just having building that awareness of calories because it can be quite eye-opening. Um, and sometimes I see this in, um, from like the, the menus or the calories on menus. And you know what, I was going to talk about it later, but let's just talk about it now. Um, cause it's not it's not technically wins, but we'll just, we'll, so it flows a little bit better. Um, but two of the comments were um, but about like calories on the menu so been making much more sensible choices and choosing my indulgences we went out for a, to a carver yesterday where all the calories were on the menu um, and in brackets interesting by the way if they hadn't been there I would definitely have made a different choice which is uh, very interesting because it just shows you like if you aren't always aware of the calories or if you're potentially new to looking at your nutrition and looking at foods and like the the build the like a macro build up of foods like sometimes it can be like very educational to do this um and the next comment was when we were at center parks i made really good food choices the calories on the menus helped massively i think instead of the sweet pancakes i opted for savory um saving 500 plus calories and even had a kid's pudding one night instead of an adult one and that's the thing, like, so when the calories are on the menus, like, you can make informed choices. So I remember being at Centre Parks and being in one of the restaurants, it was, like, the American one, I think, is it Huck's Bar and Grill or something? I can't really remember, it doesn't really matter. But we were looking at the menu and I was like, oh my gosh, in one meal, I could have had, like, if I'd chosen, like, certain things. So I think the first thing was, like, um, like chicken wings so it was like six chicken wings and the reality is that's probably not going to fill you up all that much and then I think the next thing was maybe like a rack of ribs or I can't remember exactly or was it like the big steak or something and then like a, a, a kind of average pudding um, because the puddings and these were like at least 800 calories but that one meal so three courses and that's not even including any drinks if you're having drinks um like alcoholic drinks or like cocktails or full sugar drinks like that would bump your calories up as well but i was like i could have a four thousand calorie meal here and probably still be hungry like in a few hours 
and that's and that's only one meal like that's not including everything else that I'd ever eaten in that day so you can see how if you don't have like not all not all menus will have the calories on food but you can always look at the menu beforehand you can always have a little um like browse on the food logger you can always um see and kind of plan your meals ahead of time and even if you're going out that weekend even planning your your week ahead of when you're going out so picking looking at the menu picking your meals thinking right, that's going to take me like 600 calories over for the day so therefore I'm going to like bank some calories from like through the week so that might be like 200 calories on Monday and 100 calories like from the rest of the week so you've got that 600 calorie buffer for the weekend like but you can't do that if you're not thinking ahead or you're not planning ahead or you don't have these um like the informed choices like in front of you or you don't do a little bit of forward planning for them so it's why I think like a lot of people don't like the calories on menus but I think it's really good to have them because it means that you can make informed choices and at the end of the day it's a choice you could still choose to have the 4,000 calorie meal if you wanted to but it's an informed choice like you can't bury your head in the sand and be like oh I didn't know what I was having like you know it's on the menu now like you have to be accountable to that um but it's it's having it there and having information there like for you to feel empowered and make that choice and do you know it's up to you if that choice is in align with your goals or making you or moving you further away. But I think having the calories on menus as like a really like it's a really good thing. It's a really um, good educational thing for people to have to see exactly what they're having for that meal. Okay, slight chan- slight tangent. Um, so next one was I've managed two workouts this week and lots of water most days. Vegetables when I could but no particular planning or cooking. Now, this client has had a hell of a couple of weeks and I have asked her permission to share this because um, obviously everything is anonymous, but she lost her gran a few weeks ago and it's been the funeral and just sorting everything out. So, yeah, it's been like, this has just been a particularly tough couple of weeks and she has been struggling, but she's still showing up and she's still doing what she can. So, well done. Like, that is absolutely amazing. And it is in these weeks where we don't feel like it. These are going to matter so much more towards our progress than the weeks that you're feeling really motivated. Like, if you can show up on these weeks and like let's face it when a lot of people would give up like you can show up anytime and it is going to get easier and like grief and losing somebody that you that you love and you care about is a, it's it's horrible and it's such a tough situation to be in um but the fact that you are showing up um, and you are pushing through is absolutely amazing so well well done um, next one is not craving uh, sugar fixes. Now, for this particular client, this is massive. This is a massive, massive one. Um, and I think it's down to we have restructured her meals. She has eaten um, like little and often because that suits her. Um, and she's prioritising food. Um, she doesn't always enjoy eating her meals, but she is. she does know that she needs to. And she's making it a priority in her day, um. So, and because she's doing this, like her, she's not getting her usual like spikes, in her blood sugar, um, and it's just meaning that everything's a little bit more balanced throughout the day, and she's not getting the same sugar cravings or the sh- the same like 
craving for like that high sugar fix that she has been before so that is amazing like we are only four weeks in and this is happening already which gives me like puts a big big smile on my face uh, next one uh, I've had a win mostly by sticking to my healthy eating during my holiday. So another client who's been on holiday from work, so out of her kind of normal structured um, day when she is um, like working, but she still stuck to her healthy eating. So I guess it's like some people get a little bit nervous about going on holiday or they struggle when they come back from holiday to get back into routine and back into structure so that's why I think like when you are still on holiday like just still having a little bit of structure in your day like even from your meals even from going like getting out a walk like if you want to work out when you're in like I'm maybe talking about going on holiday abroad like if you want to work out it's great work out but if you don't like have that as a complete rest but even if you're off of work like still having that structure in your day so you're still going to get your steps in you're still going to get a workout in you're still going to have some structure for your meals there might be a little bit of flexibility whether you've decided you're going to go up to maintenance or you're going to still stick at your calorie deficit um so there is going to be a little bit of flexibility like there might be more meals out there might be some alcohol in there but you're still having a, a basic structure so that you don't feel like you're completely off track and it also makes it easier to get back into routine um, once you can you come back because that structure has kind of already been there and I think that's why like I don't want to say it's like discipline but I, I think a lot of times like when people really struggle to get back into routine and to get back and back on track it's because they haven't kept the kind of same structure so see having these habits and the structure to your day and like um following like certain things like having things in place that make all these things easier like if you completely fall away from that for a week it can feel so much harder to get back into it like on the other side so I just think it's important to keep to bear that in mind like when you are going on holiday or you are have got a week off work just to keep a little bit of structure in your day because it is going to make it easier on the other end to get back into that routine and to get back into that structure and to kind of feel your momentum and your mojo build up again um, next one being consistent with my exercise and enjoying it at the same time I'm proud that I've put the effort in and got my workouts done I'm a busy mum of three work full-time and had my birthday and Mother's Day this week. Um, so that is amazing. Like this absolute superstar is proof that with planning and with effort, you can make the time for exercise and make yourself a priority in your week. Like so what she's doing is she's getting up early and um, before the kids are up and she's ticking this up. So she's getting up at half five, but she's making sure she's going to bed earlier just to get her full sleep in. Getting up at half five and getting her workout done before the kids are even up, before she has to go to work. She, it's ticked off um, and it's done. The other thing that she's also doing is she's tracking her workouts. So she is seeing progress and that is also motivating her. So you're going to get, the, the, the workouts don't, are not going to change um, for the six weeks. Uh, and you can log these in Kahunas and you can see like your um, progress. So it'll tell you what you lifted the week before and you can try and either get more reps at the same weight or you can try and up your weights a little bit. Um, so that is very motivating to do and that was something I would recommend every single person does is to log your workouts. Um, because when you start to enjoy exercise, you start to see results and that becomes more motivating like exercise does not become a chore she like this client has buzzing 
to get up at half five to go and do a workout. And that's how I feel about the gym as well. Like that's why I love it so much. That's why I love weight training so much because there's always a challenge. You can always try and do a couple more reps. You can always try and put a little bit of weight onto your bar. Like and when you start to see the changes in your body composition, you start to see yourself building muscle and toning up. Like it gets even more motivating. Um and I'm there's a podcast coming out at the end of this week about um exercise. But if your goal is to tone up, like a lot of people's is, then the only way you're going to do this is through um, weight training and lifting weights. But the podcast will explain this all in much more detail. Um, next one is I tried a new hip thrust machine at the gym after being a bit nervous about it um, and also got into a new pair of jeans. Like how amazing is that when you either get into uh, or you buy a smaller size, get into a, new, uh, a smaller size of jean, jean. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited I can't speak now. When you get into a smaller size of jean or if you've got a pair of jeans that have been a little bit tight and you put them on and you can get them on and they feel amazing. Like that is such a good feeling and testament to this person's hard work and consistency um and I'm a bit sad like I absolutely love if I go to a gym and it's got like a new bit of kit that I've never tried I'm like oh I really need a shot of this let's see what this bad boy's all about um so yeah uh, I think awesome 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 wins um so let's go into the struggles now um so struggle number one this week has been rotten horrible cold complete with chesty cough so it's been a bit crappy i had big plans and couldn't get much done it's also time of the month this week so heavier in the scales even though i've probably probably been eating less than usual so there's a couple things in here there's like the scale thing and there's actually three things so there's the scales there's like the um exercising when you are ill like should or should you not do this and the other thing is um about things like not going to plan like if you've got like a big week planned but something comes up like illness or kids are ill or like something at work comes up like it's how to kind of deal with that like that mindset um so that you don't feel like it's been like a waste of a week which it never usually is but sometimes we can catastrophize this in our heads um so let's start with like exercising uh, like my rule is or my guideline is that anything like neck down like so anything that's in your chest like I would rest longer than you think because it's only going to set you back longer if you try to exercise like when it's in your chest and also you don't really want to pass it on to anybody else like your immunity is already lower when you're ill and exercise although it does help build your immunity like over time like initially after that exercise like it will your immunity will drop and it puts your body under a lot of stress and it's already in under a lot of stress trying to um help you get over this illness so you need to focus on rest like getting to bed earlier like focusing on your nutrition, focusing on trying to get as much nutrient dense food in there because that's going to help you recover, like your protein, your fruit and veggies, your whole grains, like healthy fats and your hydration as well. Like these are the things to focus on before we think about exercise. And I would also, um, if it is like kind of chesty and stuff, like I would always go down the route of walk first, if you're hitting 10k a step, 10k, 10k a step, 10k steps a day and feeling good at that or feeling okay with that, you're not fatigued after that, you're not coming home and having to lie on the couch for hours afterwards, 
like then I would be like, right, okay, I think I'm okay to go to the gym. And again, setting realistic expectations that like you're not going to go back to the gym after being off with like a chesty, fluey thing and hitting your three sessions and hitting, coming straight back into where you were before. Like you're probably going to have to lower the weights and you're probably going to have to reduce the sets maybe or reduce the reps and build yourself up. Maybe only doing two sessions the first week, one or two sessions and then building up from there. Like being realistic with this, it's not a step back. You're only going to take more steps back if you force yourself to go to the gym when we're ill or you force yourself to go back before you're ready. Colds, slightly different. I do think you can push through with a cold. Um, like definitely a lot quicker than you would be anything like in your chest but with a cold like you know sometimes I don't want to say suck it up because I know that sounds quite harsh but like if you do have a cold sometimes actually getting to the gym and moving makes you feel better some like do you know do you get to the gym do you do your warm-up do you still feel like shit so you're like right now I'm just gonna leave this today like or do you go feeling a little bit better by moving and get your workout done and you do feel better after it like you know your own body well enough but if it's um neck down rest longer than you think to that you think you need to and focusing on all the other things that are in your control like your rest your nutrition your hydration getting to bed earlier these things are going to help you recover much quicker the scales okay so <clears throat> the scales are going to go up at certain points throughout your menstrual cycle like and if you don't like I would track your menstrual cycle so you know these fluctuations better. So you, if you see, like, the week before your period, you see the scales go up, you're like, what's happening? Oh, right, okay, well, I know this happens. Like, you don't get so reactive with it. Um, and they also might go up during illness because your body might have a little bit more inflammation. Um, it's working hard to help you recover. So it might be retaining a little bit more water. Like, your body's very clever and it is going to do these things um, t- to help make you better like, I know it's a really <laughs> really shit way of putting it but um and if we go back to the first one like this person was doing everything right and nothing was changing on the scales like she was really struggling she was wanting to comfort eat she was wanting to turn to food but she didn't she pushed through she was patient and she is now like over the back end of that and seeing the results like it's about being disciplined and being patient like despite what the scales say but if you are reacting to every fluctuation in the scales like you're never going to get anywhere because they are unpredictable and they are illogical and they are a total mindfuck if you let them like if you can learn to be less reactive to the scales and this is really going to help you focus on where you need to like your non-negotiable habits like showing up every day ticking these off despite what the scales say and that's going to get you the results that you want. So focusing on the process, and that is your non-negotiables. And then the outcome, like the skills, it's going to take care of themselves. And focusing on your other things, like logging your workouts, um, your progress pictures. Like, I know this client, like I sent her her progress pictures, you can see changes in the body composition, in her body composition, sorry. So, like, she is losing body fat. But it just might not. It just might be masked on the scales. So it is about being disciplined. It is about being like, I'm not going to let the scales get in my head. I'm going to focus on what is in my control. You have zero control what the scales say, like because they are illogical. They are going to fluctuate for no reason at all. Like, so they're out of your control. It's almost as if like just forget about them. Like 
And if you can get to a point, like, and I used to be like this, I used to, like, stand on the scales every single morning, and whatever that number said, that would impact my mood for the rest of the day. It would impact my decisions, it would impact my behaviours, it started to impact my relationships, like, I would be a crabbit cow at work, and I'd be a total bitch to, like, colleagues, I would be a horrible person to my husband, like, and I was like, what am I doing? I am letting this number impact important relationships in my life like why am I doing that and it took a little bit of time but I learned about the scales like I got educated on them and I was like I know that these fluctuations are they're not in my control but what is is my reaction to them so now like if I'm weighing myself which I don't do that often anymore because I, the, the, the number means nothing it's how I feel in my body like I, I am not, a, I don't do a sport that requires me to be under a certain weight, like the, the, that number on the scales is literally just a number and if we can get you to the point where it is just a number, it's just a piece of data um, and you can be very like, um, I was going to say like cold about it but I don't know the word I'm trying to but if you can be very detached, that's the word, if you can be very detached to that number and just see it as a piece of data, like that's where we want you to get to that's where we want to get to because if you are very emotive about the scales and it really gets in your head then that is going to impact like your habits your behaviors your actions after that and that's not going to get you the results you want long term down the line because you are going to probably end up turning to food you are going to probably end up not want to go to the gym and work out because the scales are up what's the point you're not going to go want to go and do your walk because scales are up doesn't matter if I do that walk anyway, nothing, this isn't working, like, in that mindset, it's not great, like, we want you to be able to, to show up, tick these boxes, and know, trust, like, trust me, I know this works, if you, if you show up and tick these boxes, there is absolutely no way that this won't work, because I've seen it working time and time again, I wouldn't set these things if I didn't know wholeheartedly that they do work you just have to show up and you have to be consistent you have to trust me and trust the process and don't let that number get in your head um and the last thing was about like things changing so having big plans and then becoming ill like that is it's shit like let's face it like it's it's not the week you wanted but it doesn't mean that you're treading water it doesn't mean you've taken a step back like this week might have looked a little bit more like a restful week. It might have looked like a little bit more of a focus on your nutrition, a focus on your sleep. Like that doesn't mean that you're not making progress, but you have to reframe these quote-unquote bad weeks um, because these are going to come up. Like I think the overarching like theme of this week has been like people are struggling and it's it's okay to struggle everybody's going to struggle like everybody's going to have different struggles as well um but it is pushing through these um and like showing yourself some compassion i'm going to speak about compassion next but it's about it's about pushing through and showing up for yourself and not letting that little voice in your head tell you that you're having a bad week just be like no shut up I'm having a good week it's not the week I planned but that doesn't mean that I can't make the most of it and that's the thing that's about consistency it's about showing up and doing what you can like and that might change um like because of these things that we don't have control over like you obviously didn't want to get ill but it happened what was in your what's in your control let's work on that like and that's how you make it that's how you turn it around 
and make it the best week that you can under the circumstances. And that's going to look different week to week, depending on what's happening, what you've gotten on, got on. Um, the next struggle, so I've really struggled this week. Um, and the day after the funeral, so this is the client who's um, lost her gran. Um, the day after the funeral, I just ate toast for breakfast, lunch and dinner, not because I felt deprived, but I just couldn't face cooking or even opening my fridge. Um, like My youngest has been sick as well, so my time just hasn't been my own. I want to be compassionate with myself, but also I don't want to let these genuine reasons for struggling turn into excuses to carry on and not prioritising my own health moving forward. And I just think like this struggle, like, so you can feel the pain, like when she's writing this, like I can feel how, I can feel her grief and how she's feeling. And I think it also highlights perfectly like the internal bad battle we have with ourselves sometimes, like with self-compassion. So like self-compassion, like so Kristen Neff, like she is a queen of self-compassion. And if you haven't already, like she's got an amazing book, it's called Self-Compassion. And her website, again, if you just Google self-compassion, Kristen Neff, it is full of like really useful information and lots and lots of different resources as well. But she speaks about like two the two sides of self-compassion. So you have like the, the tender self-compassion, like the nurturing self-compassion, and you have the fierce self-compassion. And I think many think that if you are compassionate with yourself, like you're always just going to give yourself excuse and you're always going to be easy on yourself. Um and they don't think that they will get results by showing themselves this compassion because they won't they won't push themselves, they'll just let themselves have excuse after excuse after excuse. Um so they think to get results they have to be very critical on themselves and kind of self-deprecating because how else are you going to get results if you are just if you're not just very, very hard on yourself all the time? But that's not the case. And I'm actually going to quote um like part of her website perfectly because like she is the queen of self-compassion and I do not have like she just yeah there's no point in me trying to like explain something that she can explain so perfectly so she says that tender self-compassion involves being with ourselves in an accepting way comforting ourselves reassuring ourselves that we aren't alone and being present with our pain fierce self-compassion involves acting in the world to alleviate suffering. It tends to involve protecting, providing for and motivating ourselves. Sometimes we need to stand tall and say no. We need to draw, we need to draw boundaries or fight injustice. Or we may need to say yes to ourselves, to do what's needed to be happy, rather than, rather than subordinating our needs to those of others. And if we're stuck in a bad situation or habits that are harmful, it means doing something different not because we're unacceptable as we are, but because we care. So even this fierce self-compassion is choosing the difficult route in the moment. Like So that could be like workouts, meal preps, walks, because it's actually the most self-compassionate thing we can do for our bodies. Um, and both sides, like the tender self-compassion and the fierce self-compassion, they are because we feel worthy of change. And because we respect ourselves, and because we want the best for ourselves, and if we're thinking about this situation in particular, like after a death, like grief is a really normal and natural part of being human. Like we don't want to suppress this 
because it won't do it won't do his favor any favors down the line. But I think like if there was any a time to genuinely be self compassionate with yourself, like it is at this time, like you have lost somebody very close to you, like and I think some things that that might help are like I spoke about before, like having a little bit of structure in your day just so that you feel like there's there is some momentum and you do feel like you're ticking the boxes. Like you might have to reduce the expectations. Like it might be that you just prep one meal so you're not having toast, like breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like maybe you just have toast, breakfast and lunch and you, you do make like a healthful meal at dinner time. Um, but I think like for, for me, like when I was going through things like similar things, like losing people really close to me, like actually having routine and some structure really did help. It helped like t- take my mind off of like the situations like momentarily so sometimes getting a workout in, it can, you get an hour to yourself and you you are just focusing on like lifting the weights and pushing your body and not really thinking about anything else and it can be quite nice to switch off. Walking, like I, I don't think there's anything that a walk can't fix, um, especially when you're going through like things like this, like just getting out in some fresh air just to help clear your mind might help as well. But I think it's like also like finding your own ways to help deal with this. Expressing these emotions are going to help with that. It's talking to somebody, um, a friend, family member, a professional, like just actually expressing these and not suppressing them, like getting them all out. And like, like I say, this is a really tough time. Like, so show yourself compassion, like get to know like the tender self-compassion and the fierce self-compassion, like, and I think the more you go down, like go down that journey and get to know yourself, like you'll you'll know. So there's times with me that I'm like the weekend, for example, when I was away, like I knew that I needed to completely rest and I needed to completely switch off. And that was the like the tender self compassion had to come through at that point because like I was getting like really tired and really run down and if I didn't do that like I I knew for a fact like I was just going to dig myself a bigger hole but there are also times where I'm like right no I need I know that the best thing I need to do for myself like when I'm like like at night time if I haven't prepped my food for the next day like I know and I really don't want to like I know the most compassionate thing I can do for myself is to go and get that done um, and I could say like, oh, I'm tired. Like, you know, there could be like that, like, like that little voice saying, no, you're tired. Like, you've had a tough day with the kids. Like, just sit, chill, watch the TV. Um, and I'm like, no, I know for a fact that I need to do this. Like, so that's that fierce self compassion sh- like shining through. But there are two sides. They're like the yang and the yang, they have to go together. You can't just have. So if you're if you're too tender on yourself you're never going to make progress because you're always going to make excuses. If you're too fierce on yourself, like, you're never going to make progress because you might never let your body have the rest that it needs to um, or the downtime that it needs if you're constantly thinking, I need to do this, like, I need to do that. You do need them both. And it's going to be about learning the balance for you and what's right for you. Um, But that's a tough time, like, and it will get easier, like grief is a horrible thing to go through and um, losing somebody is a horrible thing to go through but 
time as a healer and it, it will start to feel a little bit easier like you just have to kind of keep just showing up every single day reducing the expectations that you've got on yourself don't be too hard on yourself show yourself that compassion but still doing the things that you know are going to make you feel better a few weeks a few months down the line like thinking about your future you um, when you're making decisions um, and the next struggle was um, about sleep. So this person saying that they're going to try and get to bed earlier. So aiming to be in bed no later than 10pm. So if you're getting up really early, so this client's getting up at like half five um, for an early morning workout, then you are going to have to prior- prioritise an earlier bed just so that you are getting the like recommended seven hours sleep. Um, like sleep is amazing sleep is so good like I absolutely love sleep like I just wish that my children did too um but if you're not getting enough sleep then you are making your life so much more difficult than it needs to be like everything is easier after a full night's sleep like when we sleep all our hunger all our hormones regulate during the night and that is including our hunger hormones as well as like our um, reproductive hormones like every single hormone in your body will regulate during the night so if you don't get um, like a full night's sleep, you are going to feel more hungrier the next day. You are going to be more tired. So you might be less likely to go for a walk or to go to the gym. You're more likely to make unhealthy food choices or more on-the-spot decisions um, and go over your calories. Like, So it is important to try and get at least seven hours sleep a night. And if that means having to go to your bed earlier because you have to get up earlier then that just might be something that you do need to do. Um, People who have young children or work shifts or do both, hello friends, um, like I know it's tough, like I am here in the trenches with you, um, but you can always go to bed a little bit earlier like than you are probably. Like if you have a like a honest look at your bedtime, your bedtime routine like I bet you any money there are going to be some improvements that you can make like the housework can wait Netflix can wait scrolling on social media it can wait like sleep has to be the priority because it is going to make like dieting fat loss building muscle like regulating hunger regulating hormones like everything's going to be so much easier if you get sleep if you're a shift worker working night shifts like you're going to have to try and get like prioritize that sleep like when you can so after night shifts like trying to get as much sleep as possible the next day like if you have a run of shifts and I know for some people who have kids as well like the school times and stuff it can get a little bit tricky doing that like but if you've got people who can help you out um like grandparents even just getting like an extra hour in your bed so sleeping like from like nine till four instead of nine till two like that that extra two hours is going to make a massive difference um or when you're not when you're off your shift like just trying to prioritize like getting to bed a little bit earlier here um trying to get back into routine and structure um and trying to get as much quality sleep as you can it's not ideal i know but it's just trying to do the best that you can in the situations that you're in because sleep is going to make everything so much better. And if you've not listened to it already, like I've only listened to half of it, but Matthew Walker's got an episode on um, Stephen Bartlett's um, CEO, 
diary of a CEO um, and I love Matthew Walker like he's a sleep guy I've read his book it's amazing it's frightful if you're a shift worker if you're <laughs> got young kids but um it's it's he's on it and he, he talks obviously he talks about sleep but just talks about the importance of sleep like the health impacts it can have if you don't get enough sleep um the impacts in caffeine and coffee uh, yeah i've only listened to half of it but so far um it's really really interesting and i'm loving it and i would recommend right we have got one question and it is a good question so how to cope with crazy hormones and bloating during ovulation etc so firstly track your cycle if you're not already so that you get to know your body your cycle and your symptoms so i use clue um, but i think you can track it on like apple health and there's other apps as well but everybody's going to have different symptoms like your period length like your flow your cycle length like it's going to be very, very different. And especially like if you are if you have a chain birth control or if you are um you've like just getting a period back after having a like a baby or after breastfeeding, it's going to take a while for your cycle to kind of get into its like regular rhythm, like with the fluctuations of hormones, etc. So <clears throat> I would track it for a period of time. And just that that um just means that you can be aware of these symptoms coming up and you don't they don't like come out of nowhere and you're like oh my gosh why am I why am I so emotional why am I crying like why am I so bloated why are the scales going up like why am I craving chocolate what's wrong with me like you can be like right okay well do you know what next week is the week before my period like I know that I might feel a little bit bloated I know I'm going to get hungrier I know like I might not be as motivated to go to the gym like I might feel a little bit low like these are all things that I I, um, deal with on a monthly basis but you can preempt these and you can be like well I know that this is how I'm going to feel next week so I'm going to have to push myself to go to the gym a little bit more like I am going to be a little bit hungrier next week um I'm going to be a little bit crabby like um but you all you know this is coming I know the scales are going to go up next week not even going to bother stepping on them like do you know and it's it's becoming aware of your symptoms your cycle and being very proactive with it and planning ahead for it um and something I actually found out recently that I didn't know but it actually makes complete sense when you think about it like is that your your diet and your lifestyle improves like um so as your diet and your lifestyle improves your period symptoms actually improve as well so if you are like actively working on improving the quality of your diet getting more movement and exercising like improving your health like your menstrual cycle is a big part of that so it is going to improve the symptoms of that as well so if you do get particularly bad period pain or particularly intense like um, menstrual symptoms like actually what you might notice in a few months time and it will take a few months just because of the way our um like our menstrual cycle works so like ovulation um like your eggs mature over like a, a period of like it's like two or three months and then they release so you might not notice it for over the next three four months but then it should start to they should start to improve um is that like your symptoms and stuff um might get better which is mental but it's even more of an incentive to work on improving your health, your nutrition, your lifestyle. If you do get particularly bad symptoms, like particularly bad period pain. And if you do, 
um, suffer from period pain, there are a few supplements that might help. So um, Vitex or Chaste Berry. So if you take 400 milligrams a day um, on non-bleeding days, um, vitamin B6, so 10 to 20 micrograms, magnesium citrate, so 100 to 200 um, micrograms, and vitamin D3. Like that's something that I do recommend everybody takes for health, but it can also um, help improve your uh, period pain if you do suffer quite badly from that. Um, and then I think about bloating in particular. So for me, like one of the biggest impacts bloating has is on my body image. So for myself, like what I do is if I'm having a particularly bloated day, like I will wear clothes that I'm comfy in. Like they're they're not going to be the most. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to be like I'm not going to be in magazine covers with them on. Let's just put it like that. Like. I'm basically in joggers, I'm in like my loungewear, I'm in jammies, but that's what I'm comfy in. Like, and if you're wearing loose clothing, like, and things that that draw less attention to your body, like, you're not going to think about it the same way. Whereas if you've got tight, constricted clothing on, like, there's absolutely no fucking chance I have got a pair of skinny jeans on when I'm on, like, the week before my period or on my period, like, no thank you please. Because it only makes you more aware of your body. Like, if things are digging in, you're like, oh, God, like, I feel really shit. I'm so bloated. This, these jeans are really hurting me. Or this top's really hurting me. Or this bra's really hurting me. Like, think about that. Like, that's only drawing attention. And it's gonna only going to make you feel worse. So get those loose, baggy, comfy clothes on. Because um, it'll make you feel better. Bloating, like, things like peppermint tea can help as well. Like... Um, drinking plenty of water, like some movement as well. So even if it is just, everyone again, like I say, symptoms are going to be completely different. But if you do notice like differences in strength, and sometimes like you're the week before your period or the week of your period, like the gym is just a no go for you. Like you just don't feel good in the gym. Like potentially you get heavy periods and things. Thinking about like maybe increasing your um, step target or doing some gentle yoga because movement is going to help with like the feelings of bloating like lying about all day like that's not going to help like you want to be up you want to be moving but you might want to adjust the movement that you're doing like if that is something that's going to help you so thinking about kind of lower intensity stuff like walking like yoga um that might help as well and the last thing as well is like remembering that it's it's your menstrual cycle but it's a cycle like the difference in hormones and things that, that are causing these symptoms, they will pass. And how do you want to feel when they do? Like, do you want to be proud that you've pushed through and um, that you've not reacted to these symptoms? And Or do you want to feel annoyed at yourself and frustrated that you kind of knew this was happening, but you still chose to overeat or you still chose to not go to the gym or whatever it is like if we go back to the very first one like it's push like if you want to push through and be patient like you're going to get the results um and you're going to feel better about it as well like these fluctuations are going to happen if you can become aware of them and if you can get some things in place and try and trial and error over the months like what works for you and then you'll you'll be able to um, be less reactive to the things that come up and you'll be like well I know that this helps or this doesn't or that you have a lot of tools in your toolbox to help you see this period through and feel better about yourself on the other end of it so amazing chickens like I think there's so much value um, in this and I hope you have enjoyed it as much 
as I have enjoyed recording it. So I will catch you all for the next check-ins and if anybody's got any questions or wants to um, get in touch about coaching, then my Instagram handle is heather.moffat.fitness and I'll speak to you all on the next episode.